We are called to live faithfully for Jesus 168 hours a week. Welcome to the Faith 168 Podcast with Brandon and Chris. Welcome to the Faith 168 Podcast, a weekly faith-filled podcast that aims to inspire and encourage you on your walk with Christ. Each episode is designed to explore different aspects of Christianity, from biblical teachings to personal testimonies that all help you deepen your understanding and relationship with God. So whether you are a new believer or a seasoned Christian, our podcast is a place where you can feel supported, challenged, and empowered. So join us every Friday as we delve into the Word of God and share stories of faith, hope, and love. Thank you for tuning in to the Faith 168 Podcast. My name is Chris, and I'm excited to record another episode, and I'm here with my co-host, Brandon. Brother Brandon, it's uh, a pleasure to record once more with you. Uh, So I'm just going to let you go ahead and introduce us to the topic at hand today. Sure. It's uh, good to be recording with you as well, Brother Chris, and In today's episode, we're going to be in the letter of James. Once again, we will not be in James very much longer, though, will we? No, not too much longer. We are rounding up (laughs) our verse-by-verse exposition of this very insightful letter. Mm -hmm. And today, we're going to look at James chapter 5, verses 13 through 16, where James basically tells us life ain't easy. Mm. Life isn't easy, and that's the reality, but there is something that Christians can do to persevere through life's painful times. And according to James, the answer uh, to what we can do to persevere through these painful times is to pray. Yes. To pray and give our burdens over to the Lord in every situation of suffering. Right. That's why we have titled this episode, When Life Gets Hard, Handle With Prayer. Amen. What you'll see is James describing many different circumstances of suffering and affliction. And he says the solution to all of them is to pray, to talk mm-hmm. to the Lord, to let your request be made known to him. And we need to note at the very outset here, that James nowhere says in this passage we're about to read that God will change those situations of suffering. Mm -hmm. He just doesn't make that promise. Right. But we do know that uh, when we bring our burdens to the Lord, we pray about our situations. He may just change us. Yeah. He may not change our situation. He may not bring an end to our trials or tribulations, but he may just change us and change our perspective. Mm -hmm. But, Whether he changes our perspective or he changes our life, we need to bring all of our burdens to him in prayer. He's a God who hears. He's a God who listens. And more importantly, one who answers us when we call on him. Yes. So let's talk first about the priority of praying in all positions. And we're going to draw this out primarily from verses 13 through 14, where James says, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Mm-hmm. Pretty simple. Yeah. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. 
Mm -hmm. So this is basically James' version of what Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 5.17, where he commanded us to pray without ceasing, Mm -hmm. to pray in all circumstances, to pray in every situation. And James, in this passage, gives us the crucial reason why we ought to pray without ceasing. Because there will always be a situation or need that can be met by prayer. Mm -hmm. That's why we need to pray at all times, because we have a lot of needs at all times. Right. And we're to pray without ceasing here uh, in all these different situations of suffering. And James talks about three of them, three different situations which each call for prayer. Right. First, he tells us we need to pray when we are overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. Pray when we're overwhelmed. He says, look, are you suffering right now? Are you afflicted? Are you heavy hearted? Are you burdened? Are you going through a trial or tribulation? Mm -hmm. Well, what you need to do very simply, yet significantly, is pray. Call on the name of the Lord. Give your burdens to him. Now, of course, this is really just following the example of the Lord Jesus. When he was heavy hearted and burdened in the Garden of Gethsemane, we don't read about him complaining. Uh, we don't read about him moping and, you know, being extremely depressed with no hope. He turned to his father and prayed. Yeah. And that's what we're to do in our situations. Now, we'll never be in the sandals of our Lord when it comes to being in the Garden of Gethsemane about to bear the wrath of God. Right. But there may be some situations that feel like that uh, when we're going through an intense trial or tribulation. Right. But the bottom line is that we need to pray in those situations. And the second situation we are to pray in is actually when things are going well. Right. We're to pray when we are overjoyed. And that's why James says, is anyone cheerful, let him sing praise. So this is the polar opposite of suffering and affliction. He's saying, mm-hmm. look, you got some sunny days. Things are going pretty good for you. You're in a a mountaintop time in your life. You're not in the valley. Well, that's mm-hmm. a time to pray as well. Right. But not to give your burdens to the Lord, because in that situation, there are no burdens. Instead, mm-hmm. you are to pray to give thanks to the Lord. Yes. And the literal translation here is, let him sing psalms. Mm-hmm. Let him sing psalms. So he's basically saying, look, you know, look in the Old Testament, find those psalms where David and the other psalmists rejoice in God's deliverance and pray those back to God. Respond to God in the same way that they did. Mm-hmm. Give him thanks for his deliverance. Give him thanks for those sunny days and for those times of victory. Yeah. And then the last situation, moving moving through these pretty quick here. The last situation that he mentions is that we need to pray when we are overcome. Mm-hmm. When we are suffering in just a climactic, intense, dramatic way. Mm-hmm. This is more than the suffering he talked about in verse 13. This is maximum suffering. And desperate uh, illness is really what he mentions in verse 14. He Mm -hmm. says, is anyone among you sick? And again, he's talking about one who is desperately ill, one who's on the brink of death. And he basically says, look, not only does that individual need to pray, but 
you need to call the whole church together and surround this person and lift up one unified voice to the Lord in the place of prayer. Yeah. And so, again, the solution here to this desperate situation is prayer, calling on God's name. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting is James talks about something that's a little controversial here, right? Um, He talks about using anointing oil. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He says, uh, let the elders not only pray over him, but anoint him with oil in the name of the Mm -hmm. Lord. And, you know, there's some, just respectively speaking, who might get a little crazy (laughs) with anointing oil. Yeah. Um, And we might save that for another podcast episode, with all due respect, of course. Um, (laughs) But the bottom line with anointing oil is that it is nowhere prescribed in Scripture for us to use. Mm -hmm. But it is permitted. Right. Um, Oil in the Old Testament was a symbol of God's blessing. Mm-hmm. And when people would anoint a person with oil, it symbolically represented that they mm-hmm. wanted God to bless a person. And in this case, they wanted God to make the sick person well. Right. And yeah. so, you know, if that helps to convey uh, God's blessing as far as, you know, what you're praying for, you're praying for this person's healing, then mm-hmm. using that anointing oil is perfectly permissible. Right. But we just want to clarify. It's a symbol. Yeah. Right. But we just want to clarify in this episode, it's not something you have to do. There's no Mm -hmm. special healing power in the oil except for moisturizing your skin, maybe. Right. Uh, But, yeah, so you can do it, but you don't have to. Yeah, and if you do it in in the sense where you you actually truly believe that that's what's healing the person, uh, you're going to be sorely mistaken, and probably you shouldn't do that. Probably you should reevaluate where you're standing mm-hmm. and realize who's dealing, who's doing the healing right there. And, and yeah. you know, it's just like our, our baptisms. Our baptisms are symbolic, and that's actually a step of obedience. We're commanded mm-hmm. to do that, right? But it's because the symbolism is very important to us that we're buried with Christ mm-hmm. by baptism into death. That just as Christ was risen by the glory of the Father, so should we rise to walk in right. the newness of life. Uh, but that the waters don't save anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you go into those waters already saved, but you you show to the world symbolically that you have been buried and risen with Christ. And so when we take these symbols and put the power on the symbols, what we're effectively doing are creating idols. I believe. Yeah. And and that is specifically forbidden. Yeah, right. And it's the it's that way with the Lord's Supper as well. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, that's a symbol of what has already occurred. Mm-hmm. Um and again the reason that we make a distinction between the symbols of baptism and the Lord's Supper and anointing oil is that baptism and the Lord's Supper are specifically ordained Mm-hmm. as ordinances the church is called to observe. Right. Jesus never gave any instructions to the church, and it's not practiced um, in the book of Acts uh, in regards to anointing with oil. Mm-hmm. Whereas we do see uh, him ordaining the Lord's Supper and baptism and the early church practicing that as well. Right. Yeah. But the point here is, you know, we don't need to read too much into the oil here. We need to look mm-hmm. at, what James is saying generally where he says 
let the church pray over this sick person and let them pray in the name of the Lord. Yes. Let them anoint him in the name of the Lord. So the point is that the church surrounds this person with love and compassion. It's it's a more personal kind of praying. Mm-hmm. You know, the church here is not praying from afar. They're not praying from their homes from this sick person, although that's important and that is effective. This is a community of believers, the family of God coming around this sick person and showing them this love, as I said. And actually, um, you know, there may be some circumstances where such surrounding of a person might make them better. Right. Um, There has been, there've been many studies, many experiments done where, you know, when somebody's spirits were uplifted and their, their attitude was reversed, they had a good attitude. um, Mm -hmm. It actually proved to reverse some of the illnesses. Right. Um, you know, perspective is really uh, important when it comes to trying to get better. Right. Now, mm-hmm. of course, that doesn't mean that, you know, surrounding a person and giving them encouraging words is incontrovertibly proven to mm-hmm. make them well. But there is some great benefit in presence. Right. In being with per- a person who's in need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And furthermore, um, when James says that we're to anoint this person in the name of the Lord. He is emphasizing that the healing that will come to this sick person is contingent on what glorifies the name of the Lord. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, we're praying for this person's healing. We're anointing them, but we're putting Christ's name on it. Right. Saying they're only going to be healed. If their healing glorifies Jesus Christ, if it is within his ordained will. Mm -hmm. And as we know, from many examples in the scripture and real life. Unfortunately, sometimes our healing is not the sovereign will of God. Right. And uh, we'll actually talk about that in just a moment when we talk about verse 15. Mm -hmm. But Chris, I want you to elaborate on the subject of prayer and praying in all these situations of suffering. Yeah. Well, I think there's definitely an understanding here is that there is power in prayer and specifically uh, praying to God and, and uh, you know, praying in the name of our Savior, Jesus. We can we can meditate and we can have self-help and things like that. But but we're we're specifically talking about drawing upon the power of the living God, seeking mm-hmm. him out in the midst of whatever adversity we're in or in the midst of whatever joyful times we're in as well. But there is definitely power in prayer. I like what John writes about that in first John chapter five, verse 14 through 15. He says, and this is the confidence, you know, the reassurance that we have and, and Mm -hmm. the hope that we have in this, that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, and that's a part I I like to underline. And and right. you know, we're, we're going to talk a little bit more about that too, as we get into verse 15 as well, but according to his will, not according to our will. And Mm -hmm. recall, this kind of goes along with what James was talking about before Lord willing, or if the Lord wills, we'll do this or that in James chapter four, verse 15. But if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked him. Mm-hmm. And we see even more about where this power comes from in the name of the Lord. And you were talking about it glorifying God. 
well, what glorifies God, us seeking our will or us seeking his will? Mm, And so we know that prayer will be answered when we seek God's will and submit to that. For example, this is something that gets brought to a pastor often. So-and-so is really sick. They're about 80 years old, and we're just going to pray for healing. And in that situation, how do you feel, Brother Brandon, when someone comes up to you and says, someone's really at the end of the road because the generations before us, their average age, uh, their their lifespan is about 78 years old. Ours is, is pushing mm-hmm. into 80, of course. But when someone comes up and says there's someone that's 80 years old and they have three types of cancer and things of that nature, and then they say, can you pray for healing? What What are your thoughts on that? Well, because as you said, uh, I believe in the power of prayer and really in the power of the God who answers it. Uh, always honor that request. Mm-hmm. Um, because I will tell you, I've seen folks whose funeral sermon I've prepared, right. Uh, who made a full recovery that was only owing oh, yeah. to the good providence of God. Mm-hmm. But I always emphasize to people what you were just emphasizing that, you know, hey, we're, we're going to pray for healing. We're going to believe. We're mm-hmm. going to pray fervently and with faith as the scripture instructs us. But at the end of the day, we need to be content with what the will of the Lord is. Right. Because yeah. that is what is ultimately good. And it may not be his will to heal mm-hmm. such a person. Right. And yeah. again, I've seen both. Or it may be. Of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have seen seriously people in dire conditions just like james is talking about here where you know the faith that you pray with literally is as a mustard seed it's like oh Mm -hmm. man i don't know if god's gonna answer this prayer i mean it just doesn't look very good right and you know praise the lord he does and he has granted great recovery to people right Um, yeah and on the other hand he he hasn't you know up you know which is up to his sovereign will Mm-hmm. And, and I like how you answered that because some sometimes, you know, we, we pray for these things and then we forget about submitting to the will of God. Yeah. As we call out like, Father, if it is your will, heal this person. And then his will is not necessarily always to heal that person. Yeah. Sometimes the best healing they can have is the go home. Go yeah. to their heavenly yeah. home. Right. And, and so when we forget to submit to his will, sometimes we get into a little stupor in that moment mm-hmm. and start blaming God. We called out to you, God. We called out to you, God. Yeah. And right. God's simple will for that was it's time for them to come home. Yeah. Uh, right. and, and so, yeah, I like how you answered that. It's it's good to, to sit there and, and pray and answer those requests because that's something that's on their minds. The people Mm -hmm. that are coming before you and they're in a time of turmoil and they would like to ask for healing, but to also submit to the will of God in the end, whether it be what we wanted or what God ultimately wanted in that situation. Well, I like also what Paul says uh, in Philippians chapter four, verse four through seven. I, I don't think we can go through a, episode on prayer without bringing this one up at all. Oh, yeah, right. But it says rejoice in the Lord always again, I will say rejoice. And so we see right there, first and foremost, as Paul is writing from prison, he has every right to not rejoice in that sense. Yeah. 
But he's saying, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. And that word always really opens up the understanding and, and kind of goes along with what James is saying here, that in bad times and good times and uh, downtrodden times, pray, seek God and, and uh, you know, let him know what's going on in your mm-hmm. life. But he says, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And there's another power to prayer that we have right there. Not only that when we seek out the will of God, does he hear our prayers and answer our prayers in his will, of course. And and we rejoice in that because we're already seeking his will mm-hmm. at that moment. But also when we seek him out in prayer during these times, always, no matter what's going on, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, it guards our hearts and it guards our minds. And right. if there's anything that can really bring down a lifespan, it's stress. And so we're really seeking peace a lot of times throughout our adversity, throughout our trials, which that's what the book of James starts out with, with trials and really kind of focuses on that as the undertone throughout the rest of his letter there. But peace is what we're seeking a lot of times in the midst of our trials. And all you have to do is go to God in prayer and let him know what's going on in your life. He already knows it's not that he needs to hear it so he can have a better understanding. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. it's better for us just to say it out loud because yeah. how often until you're asked to say something out loud, do you not truly understand? There's us peace in that. He is the top therapist and should be mm-hmm. the first one we go to with all of these things. And, and so we go on and, James fifteen, uh, James chapter five, verse fifteen through sixteen here, uh, and we we see the the outcome a little bit more about what we're kind of leading into right here. But James writes this, and the prayer of faith will save one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. And that's why I liked your answer earlier, because even in that sense, you're looking at this person that that might be really at the end of their life. You're completely correct that you need to go ahead and just ask for that healing, but yet still submit to the will of God, because sometimes the will of God is to take the most hopeless situation and turn Mm -hmm. it completely around. Right. But I think, Ultimately, what we see here is that prayer works. Not only is there power in prayer because it gives us peace and and, and God is active in our lives, but uh, we see the power of prayer because we have seen it work. We have testimony of how prayer has worked, especially in the name of our Lord. If you read through the book of Acts, how many times did someone pray in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth and someone was healed, someone was restored Mm -hmm. how many people have bent their knee and and kneeled before the cross and called out to god and asked for forgiveness and what happens when you do that when you cry out to god and surrender your heart to him he is just and he is willing to forgive 
so we do see that prayer works. And Jesus says in Matthew 21, verse 22, that whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. And so that kind of goes along with asking within the parameters of God's will as well. But we see that it works when we have faith, when we know that God answers our prayer prayers and, and we trust in that he is. He's active in our life. And then I see another point here, too, is that it's it's very healthy to do this, but we don't do this quite as often today. And that is confess sins to one another. Mm, yeah. And we, we do this thing where we pray for each other quite often. Uh, but when it comes to some of the details of why we need prayer, we kind of keep quiet and keep that between us and God, which there's no mm-hmm. problem keeping things between you and God, but we need to get back to that community setting where we can be completely open about where we're slipping up because how, how do people know how to help sometimes? How do people know how to be an answer to prayer if, if we're not allowing them to uh, be a part of that? And, and so if we say that we have church family, if the, our churches are family, and brothers and sisters in Christ are just as important in our lives as anyone else. Why wouldn't we open up? And I think probably one of those reasons we don't open up is because we're afraid of being ridiculed. We're afraid yeah. of gossip and, mm-hmm. and rightly so. But we need to get back to being able to confess our sins to our brothers and sisters, not in the sense that our brothers and sisters can forgive us, but they can lead us back to the one that we need to focus on and help yeah. us help us uh, not mm-hmm. stumble near as Precisely. much as they pray for us. And that's why I really like, you know, you, Brother Brandon and, and Brother Robbie. We have that group chat where I can sit there if I feel like I've messed up or if I feel yeah, like I'm right. about to mess up. You know, I can talk to you all openly. And that has been, you know, a source of peace in my mm-hmm. life that God has, yeah. has granted me through both you and, and brother Rob. And so I thank God for that, that I have brothers Amen. that I can confess my sins to. And not only that, but y'all, I know y'all pray for me. Yeah. And, right. And that we're, we're called to pray for each other, not just our closest brothers and sisters, but all of our brothers and sisters, as Paul writes in Ephesians six eighteen, that we should be praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Those are our brothers and sisters in Christ. And we've got to show preference to our brothers and sisters in Christ, not in the sense of we don't care about you world. We don't want you to be a part of this family world. But these are our brothers and sisters that are on the battlefield already. And Satan has put a target on them. So we surely need to be praying for one another. In Galatians 6, 2, we should bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. If you try and carry the weight of the world on your own, you're going to fall. God has given us brothers and sisters. God has given us a community for Mm -hmm. a reason. And so I think the overall point is this, when we read this, faithful prayer is powerful. Amen. And it's so interesting, isn't it, that, You know, all throughout this passage, as James is talking about praying in different situations, 
he continues to emphasize the corporate nature of prayer, doesn't he? Right. Yeah. Which is something I feel like we forget a lot of times. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we read Jesus' words in the Sermon on the Mount where he says to pray in secret. You know, don't pray out in the synagogues or the street corners. And we may think, well, prayer is only private. Right. It's only one-on-one communication with our Heavenly Father. Mm-hmm. And it is, but it's not only that. It's not solely a private, personal thing. Mm-hmm. The church, as the body of Christ and the family of God, we're called to pray together, mm-hmm. um, to pray in public as much as we pray in private. You know, as God, right. as much as God desires to hear our solitary voice in the prayer closet, he desires to hear the one unified voice of all his children calling us. You know, he wants us to lift up holy hands in the private place of prayer, but he wants us to join hands too with those who are his spiritual family. Mm -hmm. And that's what we see again, as the thrust of this passage, you've got the church coming together to pray for those who are in need. Right. And there is one thing I want to make sure we clarify and you elaborated on this some in verse 15, where James says the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick Mm -hmm. and the Lord will raise him up. Now we know brother Chris, uh, that there's, some quite a few prosperity preachers who have read too much into this verse. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Where they say that you will be healed no matter what, as long as you have enough faith. Mm -hmm. And, I'll tell you that that teaching um, is so damaging. Mm-hmm. I have talked to people, Christians that I know who've been devastated by it, where they believe that and they they tried to pray as fervently as they could. They believe with all of their heart and God didn't heal them. And they were beating themselves up and really engaging in a lot of self-punishment because they thought, well, it's just because I have weak faith. Mm-hmm. It's just because my faith isn't strong enough. That's why God didn't heal me. But mm-hmm. that's not biblical, and that's definitely not what James is saying here. Yeah, um, and we we saw we saw examples of that before too. Just recently, like uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to name people, but hey, the the Bethel worship leader, remember that that lost a, yeah. a child, yeah. and it was such a sad ordeal. It was, and, yeah. Uh, you know, they, they asked for people to, to pray all, mm-hmm. all over the world for the resurrection. And I didn't see anything wrong with, with that overall, you know, in the sense of praying for God to, to make a move. And, and I'm glad that they submitted to it was God's will overall uh, for their daughter to be home uh, mm-hmm. with the Lord, not home with them, but home with the Lord. Uh, but, you know, there were some people that that took that instance at that moment to to preach this message that, uh, you know, if you have faith, this is going to happen. If you have faith, this this is going to happen and so on and so forth. And and uh, it was it was a sad day because so many people were saddened after that because they thought they didn't have enough faith. That's why that mm-hmm. young lady didn't come back to life. But it's not that people didn't have faith. It's just that people were were misguided in in their yeah, understanding right. of why they were praying and what the prayer should should be. It's not prayer is not this claim it type of 
thing that we, mm-hmm. we have where we can just say, God, I claim this, God, I, I claim that, uh, and then throw hashtag Jesus Christ on there, and then it just happens for <laughs> yeah. us. We, we already read what John wrote, that we pray according to his will, mm-hmm. and he hears us and he answers. And there's so many times that we want God's will to align with ours, and we pray fervently for that to happen, and we get no answer in our, our ideas. Did we not have enough faith? No, that should never be your idea. Your idea should be this, and the truth is this, is that at that moment, your will did not align with the will of God, and God answered your prayer in his way. Yeah. Right. And just to clarify, you know, neither neither of us are saying that you can't pray big prayers or expect right. great things from God. You should. Um, even Jesus talks about that, you know, like say to this mountain, you know, get up and be tossed in the ocean. Mm-hmm. But the issue is when we have wrong expectations, mm-hmm. not yeah. high expectations, but wrong expectations, as right. you illustrated with the case of uh, Bethel Church. Mm-hmm. Um but, you know, going back to this verse, you know, James says that this prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. Well, again, we already talked about this, but it's worth noting again that when it comes to praying for a believer's healing uh, when they're sick, they will be healed no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. If they'll be healed if God sovereignly chooses to bring them healing in this life or they will be healed if God sovereignly chooses to call them home. Going home or going home. Exactly. Yeah. Very well said. And, you know, this happened recently with uh, uh, somebody who was part of our church. They were really suffering pretty bad from some aggressive cancer. And Mm -hmm. we visited with them and prayed very fervently with no doubting, with all the faith we could muster that God would heal this individual. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, this individual passed away not long after many of those prayers were lifted up. And we got to talking about this afterwards, and we thought, well, God actually answered our prayer. Yeah, He did heal this person, right. but he didn't heal this person in the way that we thought he would. Right. But in any case, he healed them. Mm-hmm. And God also provides another kind of healing, as James talks about in the first part of verse 16, uh, and he talks about this really neglected, forgotten practice that you mentioned, which is confessing our sins to one another. Mm-hmm. And that's important for healing and prayer as well, because as much as we might need physical healing, we certainly need spiritual healing more. Right. And we need spiritual healing if we have committed sin, mm-hmm. whether we've committed sin just blatantly against the Lord or against a fellow brother or sister in Christ. Mm-hmm. And James says, you need to take that to the Lord in prayer also, but you need to tell your brothers and sisters about the sins you've committed so that they can pray for you. Mm -hmm. Because how can they pray for your spiritual healing? How can they pray for your sanctification and your growth Mm -hmm. unless they know about the sins that you struggle with? Right. And that's important. And, you know, I've actually, I've seen this, firsthand. Uh, There was a church I was a part of once where this individual 
had committed a very public and open sin. I mean, it was something everybody was going to find out about, you know, probably within a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, word, tra- word travels pretty fast. And because of the nature of the sin, because it was, you know, very public, very well known, um, I was really humbled and shocked at the same time that they came before the whole church and c- confessed it. They repented. Um, mm-hmm. They owned up to what it was. And, you know, it was just an interesting experience for us as the family of God because we didn't judge that person. We didn't say, well, you know, we're holier than you are. And that's pretty evident now. Mm-hmm. No, we surrounded that person. We let them cry on our shoulders and we prayed. We prayed that God would heal them, that he would restore them, and that he would help them to repent and walk in obedience. And, you know, when we commit sin, not every time do we need to come up at the end of service and tell everybody about it. Um, But we do need to tell somebody, Mm -hmm. somebody that we trust within our own local church so that they can pray for us. Um, And we need to be open to listening to them as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, We need to have a humility and openness about us where somebody can confess our sins to us in confidence so that we can pray about it together to the Lord. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Well, I I think that this is a good time to remind everybody, too, that we want to be here for you as, uh, you know, hosting the Faith 168 podcast. We don't want to just be giving you an episode every week and that's all you get here. But if there are any prayer requests that you have, I encourage you to send us a message. Look up and look us up on the Faith 168 podcast on Facebook. And you can send us a message and talk to one of us, uh, to me, to Brother Brandon, or even Brother Rob. Uh, I know y'all haven't heard from him in a little bit. You'll get to hear from him again here soon. But uh, we'd all love to talk to you and to pray with you. And so if you need someone just to encourage you and pray for you, please feel free to reach out for us. Because there is power in prayer and there is power in community specifically the community I'm talking about is the body of believers. So, yeah. But any last thoughts from you, brother Brandon, before we dismiss? I think we've covered it all. Yeah. Well, why don't we, uh, since we're talking about prayer, why don't we dismiss now in yeah. a word of prayer and uh, thank God for his blessings and pray that he'd continue to rain them down on us. Most definitely. Father, we thank you once again for another insightful study of your word. And we thank you for the gift of prayer. We thank you that because Christ has opened up the way, we may talk to you as our Heavenly Father, and our voices on earth may be heard by your ears in heaven. And we thank you that you answer our prayers, you grant us healing, you give us forgiveness. And we thank you that your will is ultimately what is good for us, and that uh we can trust you that yes. when we pray and it's not answered in the way that we like or we prefer, we know that it's just for our own good. Mm-hmm. It's for our own good. And you, you know what is good and best for us. That's what you desire for us as well. So we thank you that you are a good father. We serve. We pray that we might have the strength to continue praying fervently and uh, that we might have the strength to continue trusting you. And we pray you might be with all of our listeners this week as they seek to live faithfully for Jesus Christ. 
uh, in the next 168 hours. We pray all these things in the name of Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Faith 168 Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a review on whatever streaming platform you are using. If you have a prayer request or have a topic that you would like us to cover, message us on the Faith 168 Podcast Facebook page, and we will see you in 168 hours.